Jimmy? Yep, I do. And that's how we start. Matt, Matt belting out a bangle song. Oh, and how did it go, Jimmy? How did it go? I don't remember. I couldn't hear it. My headphones weren't plugged well, in. Well, it wasn't about Tuesday, Jimmy. No, no, no. It's about it was Monday. about Monday. Oh. It was about Monday. What kind of Monday is it, Jimmy? A happy Monday today. Oh! It's just another manic Monday, oh, I wish it was a Sunday, oh, oh, because that's my Sunday, oh, all right, Jimmy, it's going to be Let a Let me ask you a question. Episode. Did you get a tee shot today? Are you-, <laughs> you got so much <laughs> I'm wondering if today's shot day. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, that's Tuesday. We have a, we have a good show today. Uh, Gerald McCoy from the... Uh, Raiders is coming on. We've never had him on. He's a big MMA fan. Megan Levy will Did be on. Did you ever hear walk like an Egyptian? I have not. When it was popular, when it was popular, Jimmy, I could see you going around going. No, I did that before the song. And then when it came out, I stopped doing it. Gerald, how are you, Gerald McCoy? I'm excellent. How y'all doing? Good, good. Gerald, I'm not a big football guy, but how come they don't make those cool videos, those cool... I mean, I don't know if people will think it's cool now, but back in the day, they had the Bears. And it, little, it went a little something like this. It was like, we are the Bears shuffling crew. <laughs> you talking about the Bears shuffle? That was in 85? I'm old, Gerald. I'm an old man. <laughs> I know. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a historian, so I, I know the history of the game, but that was the 85 Bears. You know, and, and, but honestly, hey, think about this, though. With the NFL allowing team celebrations you're getting more and more team things being done after touchdowns so you might not have the old school videos where they get together and make a video but you're seeing a lot of team celebrations where guys are doing like bench press they have a band going they're doing a line dance they're doing a leapfrog they're doing you know all the different team celebrations so well didn't they stop that for a while I didn't know they started letting that. I thought they were stopping celebrations and throwing unsportsmanlike conduct stuff at guys. Yeah, so what they did is for a year, it got really bad, and the complaints got so bad because they were, like, throwing flags for everything. But they changed the rules two years ago where you can do team celebrations. The new rule that you're probably talking about is you can't do any more taunting. So, taunting. you know, how guys used yeah. to get up and spin the ball or point at the guy or, yep. you know, taunt them when they're going to score. You can't do it anymore. What? What? what why not, though? What, what, is it it's, a little... I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, we don't, we don't understand it. I think it takes away from the, you know, what... When you're a kid, you play this game for fun, right? And then when you, as you get older, the goal is to make get to the highest level, make a lot of money and play, you know, compete at the highest level. And they always preach to keep having fun, love what you do, enjoy the game. But that's just part of the game. We're the the most fierce. If you're a professional in a sport, whether it may be UFC, tennis, golf, uh, it could be swimming, it could be anything. 
if you're at the highest level, it takes a lot to get to that point, not just to get there, but to stay there and to compete at that level. When you do have success, you do celebrate. You might taunt a little bit. You might. That's just showing passion. So I think it's kind of taken away from the passion and just the overall like natural human nature of the game or competition. And I don't I don't think a lot of people like it. I think a lot of people think it's just like. It's too much, you know? Well, it really is because when you look at other sports too, like in, in uh, MMA or even boxing, like if they, what if they told Ali he couldn't taunt? What if they told Ali that he couldn't do that? Where it becomes psychologically almost a part of the game where it gets your opponents to make mistakes because they get frustrated. So I, I think that within reason, they should absolutely allow it. Um, let me ask you a question because I don't watch as much football anymore, but I made the mistake of watching the Dallas game yesterday. Um, and it's just from the anger. It's amazing after not watching how... I want to throw my laptop when other guys aren't doing what I want them to do. Yeah. What, what is it about the coaching of a team when you have the amount of penalties in key situations? Like to me, that has to go to the coaching and, and, and a lack of uh, discipline on the team or what, what is it that would cause so many players to make so many unnecessary uh, penalties at a critical time like that? Well, it starts from the top down, obviously any organization. Um, you're in. It starts from the top down. That's from the head coach all the way through the coaching ranks, from the vets all the way to the captains, all the way to the lowest man on the roster, which may be your just signed this week practice squad guy. But it has to be a um, a extreme focus, and it just has to be a part of who you are, starting from the top down. If the coach is allowing it in the game or in practice, then it's going to happen in the game. But honestly, it's just being in the NFL for so long, it really comes down to the players because the guys in the locker room have to control the team. I mean, the coach can only do so much. You're dealing with a bunch of grown men. So when you got a bunch of grown men that are competing at the highest level, in order to get to the playoffs, it takes a lot of extreme focus. But in order to make it far in the playoffs and get to the Super Bowl, it takes even more focus. And costly penalties cannot happen. And that's just that just goes to being undisciplined, man. It, it doesn't it doesn't take talent or skill to be disciplined. Watch the ball. Don't you know like physical penalties or aggressive penalties like a rough in the past or something like that's one thing. But like jumping off sides or false starts or like one penalty, he was just he just tackled a lineman. Like why are you tackling a guy? Like that, you know what I'm saying? It's just just sloppy. Yes. And let me ask you, too, you're a big uh, MMA fan. Uh, what, and and I, I also love Amanda Nunes. And, and uh, so it's obviously you're a real fight fan if she's one of your favorite. What is it about her that you like so much? Oh, I just love the fact that she's never satisfied. And, um, you know, every every fight, she fights like it's her last fight. And um, champ, true champions are made when you beat other champions. And, you know, when you have those tough battles where she's had tough fights. I think because she's been so dominant versus the the names and she's knocked them all out, that people forget that she's had her battles. She's had her wars where she has went all five rounds. She has went all three rounds. And that's what's made her a true champion. But to be that dominant for that long, I think, um, you know, that's just, it's not, it's not easy. Look at how the Patriots did. Look at Tom Brady. Look at LeBron James. Look at Michael Jordan. It's, it's not easy to be that dominant for that long, you know? And, um, you know, things happen. But I just love how fierce she is, you know, her competitive nature. And the thing I love about her the most 
is how humble she is. She's such a sweetheart. And after every win, she win, lose, or draw, she just always hugging, even when she just recently lost. She didn't make excuses. She gave her uh, opinion, her hug. She clapped for her, told her she was just a better fighter that night. And she's just such a sweetheart, man. And, and I love her work ethic and just how humble she is. How long have you been watching for, uh, Gerald? How long have you been watching MMA? I'll say what made me start watching it is in 2013, we were practicing against the Patriots. I was with the Buccaneers at the time. And uh, Chandler Jones was with the Patriots. And they asked me a uh, post-practice interview about uh, John Bones Jones. And I'm like, well, I trained with Arthur. Arthur Jones, the oldest brother. He's in my draft class. And then I knew about Chandler, but I didn't know anything about, like, I knew about the UFC, but I didn't really know much about it. But then they asked me about Bones Jones, and I'm like, hmm, I guess he good. I don't know. So I was like, you know what? I know his brother, so let me go watch him. And Bones is really who got me to start watching it. But then I discovered Amanda, and I was completely locked in. So I say, I say, like, fully, fully locked in, at least seven, eight years. Have you been to an event? I was, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was at, what was the most recent, two, six, was it 269 in Vegas? Uh, yeah, I believe so. 270 is, uh, is gone. No, 270 is next, so I think it was 269. Yeah, 269. I was there. I was there, unfortunately. Like, uh, the night before, I had presented an award to Rose for uh, Woman of the Year. And then the next night I took my son, my oldest son, we went to the fights and uh, we both like uh, we both like sugar, you know, and obviously I went to see Amanda and Poirier. Yeah, he was there for Oliveira and I, uh, it just wasn't a great night. for me. <laughs> after yeah. after Amanda lost, I literally told my son, I said, I'm ready to go. He was like, but Dad, we just witnessed history. I said, no, you witnessed history. I just went through a lot of pain and I'm dealing with it all weekend. I was hurt. Yeah. Oh, that was so. Yes, I have been to an event. That shows that you care. That's that. That shows that you're a fan right there. Ruined, I was hurt. Ruined, I was hurt. Ruined your life. Yeah. Everybody sitting around me was like, "Bro, you just kind of you was into it. Now you were like Amanda lost. Like I don't, I don't really care what happened. <laughs> I was hurt, man. Yeah. yeah, I was. I was at the fight in. Uh, it might have been Anaheim. I don't remember where she beat uh, Cyborg. I was at. I was at that night. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. It was crazy, and, and it is amazing. Uh, the amount of excitement you feel in a fighter you like. Like, there really is nothing like uh, just watching two people fight in a cage. The emotion you can invest, especially if you've, you, you've gotten to know one of them or you've talked to them. You care so much if they get hurt. Uh, you care so much if they lose. Um, yeah, it really is a great sport to, to be a fan of. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. And it's more intense in person. You know, I always tell people, people ask about football and different sports. I said there's levels of toughness. There's different gauges of toughness, man. And people think, you know, there's a lot of times we go out as football players and we play with injuries people have no idea about. And then all of a sudden at the end of the season, this guy's getting this surgery and that surgery. And you find out, well, he played with that all year. And it's like, geez, man, how was he able to do that? But like just going in a ring and getting punched in the face over and over and steady going at <laughs> that's, a, that's a different breed of fight. It's just like the intensity, man, the – the peak physical condition you have to be in. And you see a lot of guys who are talented, but you see what happens when they get tired. But then you see people who can fight all five rounds, all three rounds at the same pace. And when you got fighters who can fight at a high clip, 
for that long is I don't think people understand how great a shape these guys and women are in. For some fighters, it's another weapon in their arsenal. For Rob, <laughs> that guy, they call him the machine. The guy does not get, I mean, it's impossible. Guy doesn't get tired. It's ridiculous. I mean, I yeah. got five rounds and then jump in another five rounds later on. The guy's insane. You know what I mean? And that's again one of his attributes. When he fights, you got when you when somebody's fighting him, they have to take that into consideration. The more I watch it, the more I see there's a lot that goes into it. Like you said, pacing is one thing. Like I watched, uh, I'm excited to see uh Ngannou and Gun fighting next week. So I went back and watched. I didn't realize that uh Big Lewis. I didn't realize he had fought Big Lewis. So I went back and watched it because Big Lewis is my wife and I. He's one of our favorites. You know, just his post-fight interviews. And y'all know he's a character. So it's it's great to see him. But I didn't re realize him and uh, Derek Lewis had fought. So I went back and watched it. And, you know, they were saying, like, it's one of the worst heavyweight fights we've seen because nobody was throwing. But then you heard uh, the commentators saying, like, they respect each other's power. Uh, and Ganu, the fight before, he had worn down and got tired, so he was pacing himself. He didn't want to do too much, and it got me to thinking, man, it's a lot that goes into this this sport. More than just going in there and being skilled. More than just working out. You have to be smart. You got to pick your punches. You got to know when to faint. You got to know when to take a round off and just fight the championship. Right? Like All of that goes into it. And us as fans, we just... Fight, fight, fight. And we're not realizing, hey, hey, this is a chess match. Relax. Well, Jones Gustafson was a great example of that. The first fight they had where I think it was the fourth or the fifth round where Jones just showed why he was the champion because that, like that championship round where Gustafson had looked amazing. But to see Jones have had such a great, and again, it's been a fourth or the fifth round. You're right. That That is kind of what will, will sometimes uh, define somebody as a champion. And Bones did that with. Um, oh, Dominic Reyes? Reyes. Yes, Dominic Reyes, they were battling it out the first three rounds. And Reyes was actually having a great fight. But That's then right. the fifth round, Bones just showed why he's the champ, man. He just he took over, man. He started picking them apart. And that's the stuff I love about champs, man. It's not that you just destroying everybody. It's what do you do when adversity comes? That's why I'm excited to see Amanda fight again because I want to see how she comes back, you know? Yeah, and speaking of that fight, I think if I remember correctly, Reyes, I thought Reyes should have won that fight. It was very close, but I thought Reyes had him three rounds to two. But again, I have to watch it again. Did you see Chikadze against uh, Calvin Cater? Talking about cardio and uh, Calvin Cater for five rounds, he didn't stop pressing. He didn't stop throwing punches. Calvin Cater is a fucking nightmare to have to fight. Uh, he just another guy who just doesn't get tired. Yeah, man, and that's and you know you kind of. You start to wonder, like, is it God given? You know, like, because I'm sure all of these guys, they train like madmen. Like, I've even, uh, Mike Chandler was training, like, his conditioning and strength coach uh, is, is one of mine in San Diego at Fitness Quest 10. Um, his name is Jeff. He, that's where I first met Mike Chandler before he even came to UFC. So I know how these guys get trained. Um, Dominic Cruz, he was training this offseason where I was training at. So I've seen how these guys train and how their conditioning works and working on strength and stuff. So I know how intense it is. It makes you wonder, like, is some of it just God-given? Because I know, like, my son, my oldest, he's one of them kids who don't get tired. 
it don't matter what you do. Like I used to try and punish him with conditioning and it was like, it never worked because he didn't get tired. I'm like, what the heck? How old is he? My son just turned 20. He's a sophomore in college. Now, now, do you, when you train, because obviously you're an athlete, a high level athlete, how, when you, is, are there ways you improve your cardio or your ability to keep going? Or is there a level you can get to where you're like, there has to be something you're born with because I can't get beyond this particular, whatever the level is. Yeah. Well, a lot of it, I, that's why I'm, I said you kind of wonder because for me, I've always been one of those bigger guys who can run all day. Like I, you know, I could if they give us a time, I might come in right at that time, but I can do it 20 straight times where some people might come in early, but then after like the fifth or sixth time, they like, oh my gosh, I'm done. Whereas I might not be the fastest, but if you say make this time, I can do it for as many times as you tell me, you know? And uh, for me, it's as I've gotten older, I have to back off the heavy weight lifting and do more cardio. And you got to find different ways to do cardio, whether it's pool work, whether you just, I've been on a Peloton a lot lately, um, cycling is, is, is very big because it takes the pounding off your knees, but you just find different ways, whether you want to wear one of those masks that cut off your oxygen. So you, you know, there's a lot of different ways to get in shape. Now, do you ever mess around with any jujitsu or kickboxing or you don't want to hurt your body? No, I would, but I never had like a, uh, never been in an area where, or really just schedule out time to do it. You know, I've done some, but it was kind of like, um, uh, a coach that, he was more of my strength and conditioning coach. We just kind of did it. We did more boxing, but then we added a few kicks in there, you know, but uh, I definitely would do it because, shoot, I wrestled in, in uh, middle school. I wrestled in middle school and like I had never wrestled before. So I was just new football conditioning. Yeah. And then we started doing this wrestling conditioning and we running nonstop. I'm like, man, heck no. But then I got to a match. Where I was overpowering everybody, but then I got into a match where it was somebody equal strength, athleticism, and that conditioning kicked in. So I was like, man, this is this is intense. So I definitely know it's a different level of conditioning that goes into it. So I think, hey, let me ask you really quick, because I it's got my eye. Let me ask you about your Batman chain. Yeah. What am I looking at? Are you a fan of Batman? I'm a huge fan of Batman. So my three favorites are Batman, Hulk, and Wolverine. Oh, but, but oh my God, Gerald, this comes out now about yeah. you being a comic. Are you a comic book guy? Did you grow up yeah, on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm insanely. I have a six foot five Batman statue in my man cave. <laughs> Jimmy, six foot five. Jimmy, why don't you tease Gerald the way you tease me? Go ahead. He's right here. Tease him. Because I the because I don't tease Batman, Hulk, or Wolverine. Okay. The, but but if it, if it was somebody else, uh, I would have. I want to tell you this, Gerald, and I think you'll understand this. Wolverine, I thought Hugh Jackman was great, but there's one huge, huge problem with him playing Wolverine. He's too tall. Yes! Fucking yes! <laughs> yeah. He get, Gerald gets it. He fucking gets it. Wolverine is 5'3". My God, the fuck this guy knows. 5'3 in the comic. They used to call him Runt. He killed it. He killed it, but when they recast, I think they should cast somebody a lot shorter. Yes. And then, with the technology, just make him look shorter. I believe the way uh, Brian Singer did the first one, even the way he shot it, kind of made him look a little more stocky. And but then they went off, and now they just he's walking around as like Clint Eastwood or some shit, all tall, and he put a cowboy hat on. Listen, he was a short little antihero. He wasn't yeah. the one where the ladies would be like, "Oh, I want to." They might they don't like him afterwards because of his charm and his bad boy attitude. You know who I think they get 
to make him, because he's kind of stocky already, and they can make him look shorter as Tom Hardy. I Man, shit, yeah. He's great, Tom Hardy. I agree. Because yeah. he's not the tallest guy, and then they nah. can make him look a little shorter. They can make him look shorter because you bring in people and their camera angles and all that. Yeah. Shoot, they make Vin Diesel look taller every movie, so I know they can make somebody look shorter. <laughs> this is the thing. Wolverine is such a powerful character, and they want to sell a lot of things. They don't think short people get the. I don't want to say that. That's I'm setting myself up. They get the short end of the stick in Hollywood, Jimmy. They don't want a leading man besides maybe Danny DeVito and Jumanji. Pacino is short. Who? <laughs> Pacino is short, and Tom Cruise is short. Both of those guys are very short. They're extremely short. Yeah, they're little guys. Yeah, so am I. But Wolverine, I'm telling you, they got to do that right. But back to the movies. Do you like those? Do you like those comic book movies or? I love them. I love them. So when I was with the Buccaneers, um, every release of the Avengers, I did a, a watch party with the fans. Man, dude, this is yeah. so great. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those, like, my wife, she says I'm a nerd. I'm one of those people, she, she'll watch the movie with me and she loves me, but I'm also the people who get on her nerves because I'm one of them, like, scream at the screen <laughs> when certain stuff happen type fans. Like, when the new Spider-Man came out, like I was one of those people you see on YouTube that's reacting to all the stuff. That's me. Jared, let me ask you, with the latest Spider-Man movie, Jimmy didn't see it. I loved it. Would you still love it the way you, or I, I'm assuming you enjoyed it? Absolutely. Now, would you, I enjoyed it too. I could talk about it forever. But would you enjoy it, or would we enjoy it as much if we didn't know Andrew Garfield being another Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire? You think it would still hold? Absolutely not. Like, because the people who, like, I had an auntie who went with me to watch it, and she was asking questions the whole time, yeah. and she didn't know, all right, who are these Spider-Men? And it, it didn't hit her the way it hit the rest of the theater. The fact that you knew about them and them showing up, here's the thing, even if you didn't like those movies, you still respected them as being their respected Spider-Man. Yes. So when they showed up, regardless, you like, this opens up so much possibility. It was so good. It was so good. The way he did it was so good. And what? A, before we let you go, I know we got Megan O'Levy in the waiting room. Uh, how? It was surprisingly touching. I don't want to be getting emotional, but let me tell you. With that, Jimmy, don't you tease me in front of Jimmy. And I won't. Gerald's a new friend. Cut the shit. Listen to me, Jimmy. There's a part when there's a certain part with uh, Andrew Garfield and MJ. Yes, got redemption. If you watch the movies, it hit you to your core, yes. and you felt it. You felt yeah. it. And my wife sent me a, a meme. It was like all the emotions you go through watching Spider-Man. I was like, I literally hit all of those. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Listen, I, I wish we found out about this earlier because I would have yeah. put everything else on the back burner because, shoot, we could talk all day. Call me whenever and we can discuss it. This is what I do. I do this for a living. Look. Yeah, we'd love to have you game. back. This That's is a, not a game. That is not a game. That, we have a hangout pass. You have a hangout pass for life now. Hey, oh, Joe, yeah, really, absolutely. Really yeah. nice, really nice meeting you, man. Yeah, come back again, man. We'll talk for longer. That was all, that was hey, really man, great. Hey, listen, it's the off season. Have me back whenever. I'm ready to go. 100%. Okay, buddy. We will. All right, thanks, fellas. You want to train like a UFC athlete? I know I do. Climber provides a full body strength plus cardio workout with zero impact right in the comfort of your own home. Burn up to 670 calories. Wow. In just 30 minutes with this state-of-the-art connected vertical climbing machine. Step up your workout game as you utilize up to 86% of your muscles in each workout. You'll never have to worry about arm and leg days ever again. Now you can do them both in one day. Join the climber now. That's C L. 
MBR community and compete on the leaderboard or just compete with yourself with personal benchmarks and train with some of the best instructors on the planet. Inside hook called Climber, creative, well-made and fun. And if you stick with it, there's not a shred of doubt in my mind that it's very good at getting people into great shape as the official climbing machine of UFC. Climber is now available to the best MMA promotion in the world. Now UFC athletes working out in the Performance Institute can get Climber ready. Reach for greatness today by using code UFC to save $250 on your Climber order. Visit Climber.com to learn more. That's C-L-M-B-R, C-L-M-B-R.com to learn more. UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by NEDS, the official wagering partner of the UFC in Australia. Aussie Fight fans, keep an eye out for this weekend's UFC pay-per-view event as NEDS offers a split decision return. This means if you place a head-to-head bet on any main card fight and your pick loses by split decision, NEDS will pay you out as a winner. Plus, you can pump up your odds with a UFC multi simply by combining your favorite markets across all fights on the card. The action doesn't stop with UFC. Neds has everything you need to take it to the Neds level, regardless of what you bet on. For those sports punters, Neds Same Game Multi is now available on more sports than ever before. And for the racing fanatics, Neds Blended is available on all three racing codes. Blended lets you pick multiple runners to win in the same race at special blended odds. It's never been easier for you to be paid out as a winner. Look, whatever you bet on. Take it to the NEDS level. UFC markets exclude South Australian residents. Split decision return eligible on first $250 state. Minimum blended odds are $1.10 terms and conditions apply are available on the NEDS website. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Please call 1-800-858-858. Hi, Megan. I'm sure Megan knows who he is. She does. She covers the NFL. Do you cover the NFL? I do. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were just talking to Gerald McCoy from the uh, from the Raiders. Oh, very nice. And he's a huge fan. Yes, and he's a huge Batman fan. So him and Matt really get along. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if Megan's like ah, nerds. No, no, I love it. Actually, during COVID, Joseph and I watched all the Batman movies in existence. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite Batman? Oh, that's a good question. George Clooney. Clooney's yeah, I think Clooney. It's a good question, though. Megan, do you do you ever watch the Christian Bale uh, Batman's? Yeah, he's incredible. Could you please, for myself, Jimmy, and the whole audience, do your Christian Bale Batman voice? Uh, no. <laughs> Jimmy, you do it. You do it. Let's see if you do this. You don't have to do it, Megan. But just I'm a- Batman. It's like a five year old. I'm Batman. Do it again. Do it again. I'm do it again. Batman. Right, but now I'll do it. Now it'll be my turn. Ready? Right. I, I'm Batman. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm Batman. Good. I'm Batman. All right, sorry. Perfect. No, no worse than him. Right? This, this is the best. Go, uh, Megan, did you want to give it a, a try? All right. I'm Batman. <laughs> she wins. Yep, she I'm- wins. <laughs> I love it. Wait, by the way, before we get into all the MMA stuff and, and your the podcast coming out with Brandon Moreno. Yes. Uh, you, what do you think of um Robert Patterson from Twilight? Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah, he's from Twilight. Patterson, from Twilight, yeah. like Twilight Zone. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm silly. <laughs> but, uh, what do you think about him being the new Batman? You know, I didn't love it when I originally heard the announcement, yeah. but he is kind of a dark guy. So I think it might work. I, I honestly think it it might be good for this next generation of Batman. He's very young, but he seems to be very broody, you know? So I think it could be good. Jimmy's broody sometimes. <laughs> Aren't we all? He's a little, yeah. little tired. Jimmy gets a little broody. Like, <laughs> dark Knight. Mm. 
Jimmy, listen, I'm excited for Robert Patterson. I watched that the coming to track the uh, the trailer for that, and I think it looks so good. Yeah, and Colin Farrell as the Penguin can't even recognize the guy. I know it's kind of it's 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 going to be crazy. I feel like we've seen that trailer for years though. Like, when is the movie coming out? I think it's coming out soon. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I didn't. What did you think of the, What did you think of uh, of the fights uh, this week? And we we talked briefly with Gerald about how amazing uh, Cater looked and his uh, his cardio and what an incredible fight. Not that he ran out of gas against Max because he didn't, but just how what an incredible first fight back uh, after that Max fight. Almost a year to the day. Yeah. Um, and you can't you can't ask for better redemption than what we saw. And I think he and his team really showed a lot of patience in terms of, of what they did after that max fight. They took a lot of time off. He didn't have any contact for I, I want to say almost six months, something like that. And he didn't get discouraged by that. I think he really used it as motivation. And a lot of times we hear guys say, you know, win or learn. And so maybe that was the experience, the learning experience that every fighter seems to have at some point in their career that propels him to that next level. He saw maybe what he wanted to do differently. Maybe it was in preparation. Maybe it was in the fight itself. But I think, I mean, I can't give enough credit to both he and his team for how they came out. Um, on Saturday night and the performance that they had after what really could have been a disheartening fight where you don't really recover emotionally from it. But he did. He he used it as fuel and it was amazing. To fight a guy, an unbeating, an unbeaten fighter, to take this fight after that Max Holloway fight, it's not that you're asking for an easier fight, but you're fighting an unbeaten guy after that you know, heartbreaking before that heartbreaking performance because you know he had a lot on the line with Max and yeah. that was you know former champion and whatnot. You know, I mean, everybody wants to see how somebody comes back after a loss. So when you said unanswered questions, I I thought he was brilliant, and I I'll tell you right now, and it wasn't like Giga was having a bad night because I talked about this with Ray Longo yesterday a little bit, and Longo his attitude was, well, look, you see those calf kicks that would, he kills everybody with. Now he's got somebody in his face that's going to take it and still be in your face and still stalking you down. And that could make somebody, somebody short circuit. I thought it was more, and I, I agree with that to some degree where he was had that effort attitude. He was going to take whatever and go forward. But I believe if you watch the fight, Giga was looking awesome in that first round. Awesome. Confident. He was seeing things until that fucking takedown. The slip. And then I think that changed everything. It's not that he did a ton of damage yep. with it. Right. But it it had to be, it, it changed, uh, it, it took, not only did it take the, some momentum away from Giga, who looked like he was going to start to get that first round under his belt, but it, but it also, it had him thinking about that for the, it, he had to be thinking, all right, look, I just lost that round. And, you know, I, he didn't show a sign of getting up. Like, you know, he did, you know what I mean? Like he was at well, yeah, he was good. It was not like he was bad down there, but you know, I'm sure he didn't expect to get taken down like that. And if he got and the blood that got into the to the, to the to the muscles, I think it just took a little bit off to make it more of a even uh um playing field. But, but Calvin did no. I if I remember that first round correctly, I don't think Calvin did much damage to him. I mean, I thought he survived it pretty damage free, and wasn't that a slip? Uh, didn't he kind of slip? He got a little overzealous and, and, and he got off balance by throwing a kick. Yeah, but then Calvin grabbed him, yeah. charged him, grabbed him, and fucking heisted him up with, and then got that. He committed right. to that takedown. So you've seen 
that wasn't me just, oh, I'll take it. It was something they were working. I believe in leading up, leading up to it. Wasn't he mentioning his grappling? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's, it's one of those things where you're seeing more layers of his abilities. And now this is for wh- whoever's going to prepare to face him in the future. They have to keep that in mind. So it's not just his hands they're worried about and those vicious elbows, but it's also, hey, he has the ability to take this to the canvas. He has the ability to keep me on my back. He has the ability to control the grappling as well. That that is a whole new aspect and a whole nother page to his book that if you're facing him now that you've seen this performance, I mean, it's really something to keep in mind. And Megan, you just sat down with, uh, I guess, Francis, uh, uh, him and Cyril are fighting at 270 and everybody's picking Cyril Gunn. Everybody's picking Cyril Gunn. What did you, t- what did you take out of the interview with Francis and uh, how did his attitude about this whole thing seem to be his first defense? You know, I've known Francis for so long. Um, He lives in Las Vegas. We see him all the time. And I truly felt like it was the most I've ever learned about him from this sit down. I've interviewed him dozens of times, but it was really the most open and honest he's ever been. I mean, he even talked about going to therapy for different situations in his life. Those are things that fighters don't often share. Um, I think he is pressure free, to be honest with you. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about how much he and Cyril actually train together. Kind of if if you kind of listen to just the rhetoric out there, it seems like they were teammates for years, but they've only had a, a couple of training sessions, maybe about an hour or so of training time together if you add it all up. So they didn't really know each other. They weren't very close. He's not really personally invested. It's the coach, Ferdinand, that's sort of in between. He used to coach Francis in Paris, and now he coaches Cyril. Um, Honestly, he just seemed more relaxed. He seemed like he didn't really have anything to prove because he has that self-belief where he just knows he's going to get it done. It really, for me, was was a very interesting conversation to have because he just seemed so at home and at peace in his skin and what he's going to bring to the table inside the octagon. He kept alluding to all these new things that he's working on, these new tricks he's going to have. And, you know, listen, that could be a a total farce. He could be saying that to throw everybody off or it could be absolutely true. Um, But it was, it was great. You know, I I think he's really comfortable in front of the camera. Now he's comfortable expressing himself. And I am very curious to see how that comes to fruition on Saturday inside the octagon, because if he's able to be that focused, but also calm at the same time, it's going to be dangerous. I mean, Jimmy, I think, I think, uh, People put a lot on that sparring footage, and I think they really shouldn't. I really don't think they should because you don't know. I think even he even mentioned he was like tired before the spar, whatever it was. But like you don't. I mean, if they did that with everybody like training, you don't know what 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 round that was, what he did before that. There's times when I was training for stuff where I mean, then he'd have me sparring towards the end of it, and I'd be like, "Yo, man, if anybody saw that, I'd just be like, "Yo, that ain't me on fight night." That's not what I'm going to look like, but I don't know. I think people are putting too much on it, but it does make it a little intriguing. You know, that they move around. I mean, Matt, you know, some guys are terrible in the gym, but those bright lights get on them and it's a, it's a different fighter. And then some guys are amazing in the gym and then high pressure situations, they just can't hold it together. So I just, I think there's always like so much stock put into that, like you said, and and I think that's difficult. Now it may be play out exactly like that come Saturday night, like the footage we've seen, but it, I don't know. I just, I think you're, you're absolutely right. We, we rely too much on that sometimes. And the other night, listen, there was great fights the other night, but there's a name I want to bring up that I don't think gets any kind of credit because he's so soft-spoken and that's Court McGee. Did you see Court McGee the other night? He was on the other, he was a prelim, but oh my God, Jimmy, 
Court McGee was on fire, man. He never looked better. I just want to give him a shout out because I, I don't know the gentleman, but he's so, he's great. But let me tell you that and that and and, and Ramiz, he was you know he's known for being a grappler. He's putting guys away with submissions. Court McGee just out grappled him, man. That dude talk about endurance. We were talking about endurance earlier. Wow, he, did, he I'll tell you, the guy never looked better. I was just really impressed. It just stood out for me in a, in a great night. He's been in the UFC organization for so long as well. And he just, he's, he just continues to be steady in there, which is really hard to do for such a long time. And yeah. He's got a crazy life story. And Court is also yeah. one of the nicest guys you could ever interact with. Isn't he in recovery too? If I remember his, uh, on, yeah. on the ultimate fight, I remember he's, I think he's in recovery. Yeah. He's a, he's a good guy. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and, and who are you interviewing this week on your podcast? Uh, you're, you're so good on these things. Um, and and who, who do you talk to this week? Yes. Yeah, so on Becoming a Fighter, which officially relaunches on its own channel, because we used to live with you guys. But now, you know, we're just moving next door to our own little feed. Um, and so the, the original episodes are relaunching. And then this week, a new episode with Brandon Moreno comes out. Um, so really, the focus for us on, on this show is we know them as great fighters, but how did they get there? Not everybody has the same path. It's always a really unique journey. And Brandon's is certainly unique. I don't think there's any other fighter probably in the world that has the same journey as him. I mean, to give you a little spoiler, he's he wanted to do martial arts because he loved playing the Tekken video game. And he wanted to be like Eddie from Tekken. And so really, that's what started his whole journey. So, I mean, there it's very timely considering he's fighting or he's putting his belt on the line at the co-main event at UFC 270. But it's just a story that makes you love Brandon even more. And you don't have to like fighting at all or know anything about it to be inspired by it, which is really as a storyteller, something that I love being able to to relate to people from every background, not just those who are fight fans. Now, are you only doing active guys on the roster or do you actually go back and, and get guys who were, who fought and retired? Yeah, no, retired fighters are definitely on the list. Uh, we have sort of a dream list going. So, you know, if there's a guy on this podcast who would like to be on ours, I don't know, maybe a former champ, maybe last name is very Italian, something like that. I don't know. Just a thought. I would love to have him on. Listen. <laughs> Jimmy, you know, I did something with Megan ages ago, I think. Yeah, the exchange. You know why I'll never watch it? Let me tell you why. Oh, no. Why? I'm sure it was great, Jimmy. I was so fat. Oh, bad. I was such a fatty. I was a fatty. I'm not going to show you my abs now. Sure. But, uh, oh, my God, I'm I'm in so much better shape now. I can't even look at that because my head was like a basketball. And I I was full of gluten. Jimmy. Jimmy, it was like the other day before you got the haircut. Remember when I was saying you looked like a chia pet? You didn't. Yes, feel, you were right. You didn't feel good about yourself. No, I didn't. I still don't feel good about myself. I, I'm still fine. Well, that's another thing we'll talk about. But listen to me. I, I remember doing an interview with Megan, and I was I was full of gluten. I don't know why I'm bringing this up because I now usually watch shit that I did. Like like Jimmy doesn't watch anything he does, but we got to do another one. Because now I've been a little light on the glue. Hey, this is all nonsense. But what I'm trying to say, of course I would do your show. Amazing. Okay. I'm going to hold you to it, Matt. <laughs> Love so much fun. Yeah. But uh, that's great. And you, does your husband do the movie ones anymore or no? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He Every day he's like stressed out about all the movies he has to watch. So he just gave us top 15, I guess, for 2021. And he's already got a whole list of 2022 that I listen to every day. I'm not really a movie person. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. Does he have, does he have guests on his show too? Yeah. Yeah. You want to be a guest? Yes. Okay. You're in. Jimmy, I invite, Jimmy, 
Jimmy gets uncomfortable when I. No, I love it. I love it. It makes our job easier. Oh, because me and Joe can talk about movies and stuff. Hundred percent. I love talking about movies. The last when we just had Gerald on, he started bringing up the comic books, and uh, we just totally geeked out. And then Jimmy, Jimmy was starting to tease us. I was going to say, I'm sure Jimmy loved it. I, hey, look, I don't mind a good... I do want to see the new Spider-Man movie. I'm going to watch that. Everyone has said how great it is. I will yeah. actually watch that. I agree. Yeah. I'm just you a little bored. You were in the Tobey Maguire one, so... Yes, really I was. Sure. I had one line. Oh, same. Yeah. Were you in it? Oh, no. I, I thought you said into it. I'm sorry. You were in it? I had one line in it. Yeah. I thought you said you were in it. Yeah. That's amazing. No, it's my dream to be like, um, the, you know how sometimes they'll show a reporter on TV, like saying terrible news for one sentence. Yeah. That's my dream to be in a movie like that. Just one quick sentence, like the earthquake is coming. I don't know. Yeah. I was man on the street. I was a man on the street and they were interviewing people about Spider-Man. I just said something about him and it was, I was in and out in like literally two seconds. But that's so great. Yeah, I'm happy I made the final cut. It was, I, mean, I guess that's probably 2001, 2002. Uh, I didn't even know I made it until fans called the radio show and go, you're in it, you're in it. So I was happy that I made the final. Heck yeah, some residuals maybe? A nice it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy how many checks you get for doing, I mean, thousands of dollars off that, off or two lines because it's SAG. And every time it would, a foreign release, uh, release in French, DVD, uh, Blu-ray. Little checks, little checks, little checks. I've gotten uh, probably 150 checks over the years. A dollar fifty, some of them. Yeah, yeah, they're very small. But if you have a lead in the movie, I imagine you make a lot of money. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, Megan, look, uh, you know we love having you come on and uh, plug the podcast probably because I want to make sure we tell people where to go and when. Yes, thank you so much. We'll be coming a fighter. The podcast is released everywhere you listen to podcasts. So Apple, Spotify. Um, all those other cool sites that I'm not hip enough to know, but you can listen to podcasts on there. Uh, the Brandon Moreno episode is released this week, as are all of the other episodes. People like Leon Edwards, Ian Heinish, and Rose Namajunas. So make sure you listen to Becoming a Fighter. Um, definitely a great journey. Whether you know the fighter, whether you care about them or not, you will definitely find yourself engulfed in the story. Yes, and before we go, uh, you said Leon Edwards. How great is it that Dana said he's next? For Kamaru Usman, I'm happy for him. And oh I just my gosh! Goes- yes, how can you not be? The guy has had such a crazy road, and so many things that have not been his fault at all that have just plagued him through this journey to the title. So I, I absolutely am so thrilled for him. But I also that matchup is going to be amazing. So I just think on every level, it's so great. Yeah, that's that. that it's a hard one to root for because I like both of those guys so much too. Um, I, I, I think I give Usman the edge, uh, but again, that's a really, really tough fight to call. Uh, but thank you, Megan. You know, we love having you on. So whatever you Thanks, need guys. to plug anything, please feel oh. free. You're open invitation. You're the best. Love you both. See you All soon. Right. Talk to you <laughs> soon. Take care. Bye. This episode of UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by Love Hemp, the official CBD partner of UFC. Life can be a challenge. Whoever you are, we're all striving for a healthier lifestyle. Love Hemp, one of the leading premium organic CBD and hemp suppliers, is here to help people like you. The Love Hemp range contains CBD oils, edibles, and topicals contain cannabinoids, which help support wellness and recovery to maintain your natural balance. It's even endorsed and used daily by elite fighters like Gilbert Burns, GSP, and Kamaro Usman. Whatever challenge you may be facing, Love Hemp, they're always in your corner. Love Hemp 
helping you to be the best you can be. Available now via lovehemp.com across Europe and coming to the U.S. markets this year. Thank you to uh, Megan O'Leary. It was good, uh, always good having her. She's such a good talker and, and she's so much uh, fun interviewing. And that Gerald, uh, Gerald was really a great, great guest. So I'm happy he was able to come in and talk to us uh, as well. I love it when athletes in other sports. I was so impressed. Yeah. With the knowledge, not the MMA knowledge. That's great too. Sure. But the comic book knowledge, when he knew that Wolverine was 5'3", I wish I could go through the screen and give that big man a hug. A yeah. big, I know it might be weird. But because I don't know him that well, but I give him a big hug. Yeah, Gerald McCoy, great guy. I would love to have him back. I, lo- I was, I think I just said to you, but I love when guys who are like players, uh, football players or baseball players, uh, also love MMA. But the card itself was really, really great. But uh, what about Jake Collier? Uh, Collier. Oh my God! Defeating yeah. Chase Sherman, really good job, I mean, dude. What about some jujitsu in there? I know. He had a big weight. That, that was, I don't know why Chase, Chase did not want to be on the ground with him. I, what was there, a 15-pound weight difference between those guys? Yeah, but he caught it. He caught that the kick when he, it kind of just happened. Yeah. He wasn't even looking for it. But then he knew, look, positionally, his jiu-jitsu wasn't bad. Boom, boom, half guard, pass to mount, take the back. After some punches, choke him out. I mean, shit. How could you not be impressed with that? Yeah. You know, he don't look like – and he don't have that – he doesn't exactly have the – um Craig Jones body. If you think of a grappler, you don't look at a, you don't look at him like, Oh, he's looks like a, like a sleek anaconda. He'll not, you know, you know, he was kind of like a tank. And, uh, Kayla Chikagian, uh, over Jennifer oh, Maya. Our she's, I, I think the first fighter to have 10 unanimous decision, uh, t- 10, uh, decision wins. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, it was a pretty impressive record here. She tied with the champ, uh, Valentina. Shevchenko, she she tied with her for I think the most wins at that weight. Oh yeah. So no, the weirdest thing that happened. I was playing my VR last night, right? And when we play like a death match, you could have up to like six people in a squad. Okay. Just bear with me for a second. Sure. So I'm playing, and there was only one other guy in my squad. And another guy showed up. Sure, hopefully. So I'm looking at it. His screen name, Mike Fowler, BJJ. I go, wait a second. I go, Mike. I go, Mike Fowler. He goes, yeah. I go, it's Matt Sarah. He goes, oh, shit. I, he said, this is a black belt. He lives in Hawaii now. Ah. He, was an old, he was an old Lloyd Irvin uh, black belt. And uh, I know this guy. I met this guy in 2002, man. This guy, he, he knee-barred Saulo Ribeiro. This guy's a good jiu-jitsu guy. And a little short, stocky guy like me. I like this kid. He's a nice kid. Yeah. So I'm talking. I, the guy lives in Hawaii. So we, we met up in the fucking metaverse. We're in the, the oasis. We're sm- I go, dude. And we look at each other. Oh, we give a virtual <laughs> hug. I go, it's you. He goes, Sarah. I go, oh, it's not such a big metaverse, is it? Yeah. Anyway, Jimmy. Yes, and sir. we laughed. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, that is kind of funny to bump into somebody in that in a circumstance that you actually like. It's funny because you're running around and the thing you see each other. Hey, you know, guys in Hawaii on the side of a mountain living off the off the grid. He told me got some solar panels. Whoa! Well, buddy, I guess that's it for today. Jimmy, what a great show! Yeah, Gerald McCoy, thank you, and Megan O'Leary, thank you so much. Jimmy, I'm going to see you in a couple of days, and guess what's going on in a couple of days? I don't, don't guess because we'll be here all night. Tell me. I'm going to tell you. We are going to preview the whole car. Oh yes, we are. I hope we can get Francis on. I would love to interview Francis one more time before this fight. Cyril gone. It's going to be great. I love Cyril too, but I want to talk to Francis. You want to talk to Francis? Let's just hope. Him? I'm just making a request. If we, well, I want to talk to Cyril gone. Let's make that out. Let's do them both. Let's get them both in here.
Next episode, now we're making some bold statements. Big demands, yes. We are. Yeah, big demands. Jimmy, what do you want to plug, buddy? Just gigs. Go to jimnorton.com. I got uh, Washington, D.C. I got, uh, I'm doing a couple of one-hour sets here in New York to run my new hour. Uh, I tweeted about it. And uh, just, hey, come see me if you want to see me. I got a bunch of dates on jimnorton.com. Not the, I know we're getting out of here, Jimmy, but I was thinking about it the other day and uh, with Bob Saget passing. I know. People are saying, you know, I was listening to Jeff J- Jeff Ross, who I'm sure you know. I, was listening I love to Jeff. Him. Yeah, I know him well. He's close with him. And I heard him talking about him. And he was saying, like, you know, how it was, you know, he did a like a two hour like set, whatever it yeah. was, a, a performance, a, you know, a show. And then he, you know, he did it on it. Then he showed on Instagram how he said he's falling in love with it. He, he's, he's loving this again and doing loving it. And, and whatever it is, he was—he seemed like a great mood. And then he goes, and he said something very interesting. He's like, you know, isn't it, isn't it wild that this guy was a big, huge like TV star and that? But then he kind of died like, like what he not—it's not that he died doing what he loves, but he died like a re- like, like a regular comic, like he died yeah. on the road. Is that interesting? Could you relate with that at all, Jimmy? Yeah, I, and, and again, I, I thought like I was really happy for Bob that he had. And again, there's none of it matters because he's dead and it's just sad that he's dead. But the fact that he got to have a last show that he loved, like a two hour set that made him feel amazing. Like that makes me feel really happy for Bob because he, he was such a, a really sweet guy. You're not going to find anybody to say anything negative about him. And it's all genuine. He was really that good of a guy and, and that nice of a person and that genuine a person. Jimmy, why do you think it's like, okay, that everybody's that they're like, well, you know what? It's. If you have to go, that's the way to go. But how about this? If he was never on the America's Funniest Videos, and he was just a comic, and he never made it that big, but he was still a comic, and he died on the road, people would be saying how sad it is. I'd say it anyway. But you know, you know what I mean, Jimmy? Do you think that they'd be like, oh, he never really made it, but he died on the road. But yeah, he did make it. But my point is this. Isn't it about quality of life? Isn't it about quality of life? Like, in other words, no matter what he did and he achieved, that's who he was. He was a comic. He was a comedian yes. and he was doing what he loved. It's almost like when I think of Dana, my our buddy, Dana White, he has, he can't, you don't think he has enough money to retire. Uh, you know what I mean? You don't think he can move down to Florida or something. Listen, the guy can go on an Island. The guy can do what he wants. Why is he still in the hustle and bustle being a fucking, sorry, I said hustle and bustle, but why is he sitting there running the business, getting stressed? Because that's who he is. Cause he likes us. He likes me and you. That's a great way to bring me back into. (laughs) I was getting deep, but listen, Jimmy. No, you're right. But Matt, let me answer your question. Would it have been just as sad if Bob wasn't famous? Any comic that died, if their last set was a two hour set that they felt great about and they had the same tweet the night before, people would probably go, wow, it's nice that they had that. Uh, But you also know you're putting it in context with Bob where he did have this career. He did a theater. He was in a Ritz. Like, he had a great life. Yeah. You, you knew he wasn't on the road because he had a light bill due. You knew he was on the road purely for love. So it's kind of hard to equate it with another comic because if another guy you would assume would be on the road because he needed to make a living, whereas opposed to Bob, who just was literally, he could have just as easily went to the park and hung out. for He didn't need the money. That's the point. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's deep stuff. But he did. He did. He yeah. did die doing what he loves, and it's uh, and that, that's a beautiful thing. All right, listen to me, Jimmy. I love you, my little bird. Well, I love you, Matt, Sarah. All right, and we're both on cameo for the people that do love us. Also, they yes. How's <laughs> that for a segue? Right. <laughs> you know, but Jimmy, I'll see you in a couple of days, my brother. Okay, pal. See you soon. Bye, everyone. Yeah, bye.